Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini-episode of the show, a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill them with some great storytelling. we got a terrific story for you today. We want to remind you, of course, that we bring you a few of these Appleseed Bites each week in preparation for our Thursday episode drop. On Thursdays, we bring you a full hour of stories for you and your family. This Thursday, you're going to enjoy a story from Donna Washington, recorded live in the Appleseed studio, a fractured fairy tale version of the story of the three little pigs that you won't want to miss. You're also going to hear an original radio drama cooked up in our secret Appleseed Lab and written by the wonderful storyteller Bill Harley. It's an adventure of a middle school detective named Quentin Manning. Quentin Manning, detective for justice and the case of the flattened tires. You won't want to miss that. In the meantime, I'm joined in the studio by one of our assistant producers, Lacey Olson. Lacey, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Tell me about worms. Oh, yes. (laughs) Love them. Now, today's story is from Nora Dooley, who shares a personal story of hers from her childhood. And it's about a time she goes to visit her grandma. And this story is called Grandma Makes a Worm Cake. Grandma Makes a Worm Cake. It's a tantalizing title. And we're going to hear the story now on today's Appleseed Bite. Growing up in the borough was growing up in New York City. I mean, technically, yes, theoretically, really, because the borough of Richmond or Staten Island, where I grew up, was one of the five boroughs of New York City. Yeah, okay, yeah. Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, and then you have Staten, Staten Island, the borough of Richmond. People are Tara in the borough. I knew many Tara individuals. Let me just say that I lived in a place that was so rural, you would never have thought it was New York City even though it was. Now, where I lived, we had a block that was a mile long. There were only maybe six houses on that block and very few kids to play with. There was one set of kids who went to a private school all the time. They were never home. There was another set of kids that we didn't, I guess our families weren't speaking, something to do with a dog. Yeah, it's a long story. The best times were when Grandma Kratke's grandchildren would come to visit her and we'd get to play. They were the best to play with. Now, Grandma Kratke was our next-door neighbor, and there was a lot of green hedges between her house and our house, the border there, and there was a beautiful archway of honeysuckle that led into her yard from our yard. Grandma Kratke, I guess I would say, was my first friend. She was way much older than me. We called her Grandma, our Grandma, because we didn't have grandmothers. No, my, my mother's mother had died when I was four, and my father's mother had died when he was eight, and that was a really long time ago. So Grandma Cracky was our grandmother, at least we loved her that way and hoped that she loved us too. She was a farmer. She had the most beautiful flower gardens all around her house. And then she had fields of of vegetables that she grew. And she had peach trees and pear trees. And she put up the peaches and the pears. She had 500 chickens. Now, you know, New York City, okay? My neighborhood always smelled of chicken manure because she had 500 chickens in this huge two-story clabbered house that was behind her house. It was huge. I mean, it was five times bigger than her house. But in her house, she only had two souls because her children had all grown. And it was just her. She was the farmer. And then there was Captain Mike. He was a fisherman. Captain Mike, her husband, was often away, you know, on his fishing boat. So Grandma was around a lot. And she would let me help her do things like help her collect eggs and feed the chickens and bring them water. She would let me 
checked the eggs with her special light. It looked like a torpedo with a hole on the end of it and a light shone through it and you'd hold the egg up to that and you could see inside the egg when you shined a light through it in case there was a baby chicken there. And then we would sort the eggs by size and put them into cartons and stack up the cartons and she would sell these down in the town in the small little stores that were there. Grandma Kratke made her own clothes out of chicken feed bags. Now back in those days, the chicken feed bags came with these little patterns of uh, little uh, flowers and leaves and things like that. And she used to make her own aprons and sometimes skirts and dresses. And she also used to make something she called babushka. Grandma was from the old country. She was born in Czechoslovakia before it was Czechoslovakia. And when she was just a little girl, maybe 10 or 11 years old, she was sent to work for another family. And she took care of, I don't know how many children, maybe seven or eight. And she learned how to do all the things she knew how to do now. She knew how to cook, how to bake, how to kill a chicken, how to take all the feathers off of it, how to make something out of the feathers, how to make everything you could possibly make out of a chicken, how to sell eggs, how to take care of chickens, how to grow things. Ah, it was so great to spend time with her. And I spent a lot of time with her because my brother was always sneaking off. My sister was too young to play with. My mother and father, my father worked nights, so my mother and father slept in a lot. And grandma was always up first thing in the morning and I would go over there to get some eggs for breakfast. And then I would go over there after breakfast. And one day, grandma Kratke taught me how to make worm cake. And this is how it happened. One day, see, she was digging in her garden and I was just sort of hanging out with her. I wasn't really very much help. And I had this big mason jar my mother had given me, a big glass jar. And I noticed that there were lots of lovely earthworms in the ground. And I started collecting them. Yeah, I just started, you know, putting them in that jar and putting them in that jar until I had an entire jar full of earthworms. And I said, look, Grandma, look what I have. And she said, very good, but I am for needing those before later. So please to bring them back and put them back in the earth. They're what makes earth so good. I said, yes, but Grandma, I want to take them home and show them to my mom. She said, I don't think mom is going to be liking for the earthworms, but go ahead. But remember, bring them back. So I went over to our house and my mom, well, it was early in the morning, you know, and my mom was cooking breakfast for my father and she was on the phone too. So she had the phone under one ear and she was cooking and I came in and I said, hey, Ma, look. And I pushed that jar right up in her face. Wow. You know, you might have thought that a scream like that would have broken the jar, but it did send me right out of that kitchen. And I went back and I explained to Grandma that my mother indeed had not been very pleased about the worms. And I guess I was kind of sniffling and crying because almost anything would make me cry back then. And I put back all the worms and Grandma said, Okay, so don't be worried for the worms and don't be worried for the mom. We will make for her a worm cake. Come on. So she took me into her house and she started mixing up a cake. She put so many spices in it and so much molasses in it, the batter of the cake looked just like the ground outside. See, this is looking like dirt, right? And I said, yeah, it is. And then she took raisins and she took currants and she took pieces of nuts and everything and she threw it into the batter. Now it's looking like bugs, yes? And I said, yeah, it does. Then she took out some shredded coconut and she threw that in and mixed it up and then pulled out a big spoonful of batter and it looked like there were worms in the cake. She said, this is secret ingredient. Here we have worms in the cake. 
Grandma invited me to stay while the cake baked, and she crocheted and knitted and sewed. She did all those kinds of things while I watched television. We didn't have a television at our house, so I watched television on our big black and white TV. And finally, the cake was ready, and Grandma said I could bring home some pieces of it to my family. Well, everybody was a lot happier with the next thing I brought into the kitchen, which was the beautiful brown spice cake. Everyone was chomping down on it. My mom said, this is very good. What's in it, Nora? And I said, well, Grandma had a very special recipe, and we made worm cake. Grandma Makes a Worm Cake, a story told for you by Nora Dooley. It was brought for us today uh, by uh, Lacey Olson. Lacey, thanks for bringing that story to us. That story was so fun to listen to because I, I've, I've talked a lot about my grandma on this show already. Mm-hmm. and I feel like I always talk about her, but <laughs> she was wonderful. And I always love hearing a good grandma story, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and kids, I feel like can get away with anything when they're with grandparents. They can kind of do whatever they want, and there's no repercussions. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to bring on a memory, and you never know what memory is going to bring on. But right from the beginning, when we started listening to a story called Grandma Makes a Worm Cake, right, mm-hmm. uh, I was taken back to when I was a little kid, and I was learning to read, and I was coming home from school with stories about the books that I was reading, and my parents loved to hear those stories and loved to encourage me me in my reading until my third grade teacher read to us uh, the book, uh, How to Eat Fried Worms, the Thomas Rockwell <laughs> book about the kid who makes a bet, a $50 bet, uh, and, and to win the bet, he has to eat a worm a day for 15 days. And I was not allowed to talk about that book when, oh I, my when I got home. Yeah, it was, it was, the, it was my, my dad was squeamish, and, and there was no talking about how to eat fried worms when I got home. Oh, that's so funny. That, remind, <laughs> that kind of reminds me, I think my first introduction to the storytelling world was in elementary school in like third grade or something but I vividly remember we went to the library just like for our library day or whatever and they had a storyteller there I have no idea who it was but there was a woman there who sat and told us stories and she told us a story about when she went to camp and she had this challenge that whoever could eat the yellow slug pudding first (laughs) would get a prize and she volunteered and she quickly realized it was just yellow pudding, you know, but sure, she sure. put on yeah. a facade, made it a whole scene for all of the other kids there. And I went home to tell my parents that story and they didn't freak out or anything. It wasn't a big <laughs> deal. They were just like, your school's getting interesting now. <laughs> Good to See, know. dad, they didn't freak out. <laughs> they could talk about it at home. Sometimes you can talk about fried worms and yellow slug pudding and it's okay. <laughs> A pleasure to bring you this Nora Dooley story. And, uh, of course, you'll want to tune in on Thursday for our full hour-long episode of The Appleseed. You're going to hear a terrific story told in uh, The Appleseed Studio by Donna Washington, a fractured version of the story of The Three Little Pigs. And you're going to want to tune in for our original audio drama, Quentin Manning, Detective for Justice, The Case of the Flattened Tires, written by the wonderful story teller Bill Harley, longtime friend of the show, and we're really excited to bring that to you. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on the Apple Seed. 
Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.